Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Something interesting happened to me while I was standing over there during worship. I heard this on the inside. You don't hate sickness enough. Think about it. The Lord Jesus Christ hated sickness when he was on the earth, still hates sickness. Because sickness came into this earth as a result of sin. And God hates sin. And people get nervous when you start talking about this. But you really can't talk about healing without talking about sin. God hates sin because of what it does to his people. We have this mindset sometimes, especially, uh, you know, when you start thinking about the old days. And for some reason, when we think about the old days, we never think about the sting of the old days. We only think about the fun of the old days. Yeah, all right, come on. And some of us, some of us carry scars in our bodies. We carry scars in our souls because of things that we conducted, that we got involved in, things that we, we had no business being involved in, but we didn't know any better. All right? We didn't know any better. All right, so tonight I want to talk about the connection between sin and sickness. Now, I'm going to tell you this ahead of time. Do not walk out of here tonight and say, Pastor Joe says that every time a person's sick, that means they're in sin. That's not what I'm talking about at all. That's not what the scriptures talk about. The scriptures talk about sin as the root of disease and the root of sickness. In other words, there would be no doorway for sickness to come into the human experience if sin hadn't come into the human experience. Now, all of us have been born, if you come from the background that I come from, all of us have been born with original sin. Okay, you, you know what I'm talking about? Now, that, that was probably one doctrine that we got right back then. But, but it's true. Every one of us are born with a sin nature. Are you following me? And, and it, it's, just, just, it's just the way it is. And so, again, think about it this way. We're born into this earth. You and I don't have to do anything to go to hell. You don't do anything. Just keep doing what you do. Just, just keep on living sooner or later. You, you don't have to do anything to go to hell. But you've got to do something to get off that, that conveyor belt. And unfortunately, when sin was allowed to come into this world and become part of the human experience, it opened the door for sickness and disease. Or listen now. Now listen. When we learn the character and nature of God, the only accurate conclusion we can come to is that sickness and disease could not have been his intention for mankind. It's impossible. When you see the suffering that individuals go through physically, mentally, emotionally, the, the toll that it takes on the life of an individual, on the spouse, on the, on the family, on the friends of the individual that's suffering, you can't possibly think that God had this intent, intention in his heart. No, because God is love. Do we forget that? God is love. You want to turn to somebody and remind them? Go right ahead. I'll wait. Yet, listen, listen. Because this is all we know, and because we're born into this experience, for instance, and I, and I, I, I pray to God that I'm not opening up any old wounds here, but if, if an individual is born into a family of alcoholics, 
that have been alcoholics for generation after generation after generation, you think, well, this is normal. Because this is just the way we live. And so you don't even think about breaking out from underneath that because you think, well, this is the way it is. Well, that's how the enemy has brainwashed us when it comes to sickness and disease. You hear what I'm saying? We automatically have an expectation that at some point in life, you're going to get hit with something. Now, we need to prepare for that, but we don't need to entertain that mindset. You know, you hear people say stuff like, well, you know, my father only lived to be 50 years old, so my uncle only lived to be 50 years old, my grandfather only lived to be 50, so I'm probably, the same thing's probably going to happen. Why? What if your father smoked six-pack of cigarettes a day, your grandfather smoked the six-pack of cigarettes a day, now you're, you're, you're conditioning yourself to accept something that came in as trained behavior, not a natural thing. Besides, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're born again, if you've received Jesus Christ, you changed lineage. You're a new creation. You're a new creation. Are you listening to me? All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You need to take that scripture and take it out of the realm of hope and bring it into the realm of this is an established fact. Are you listening to me? Amen. So, let me throw this out at you, and I want you to ponder this. Again, my, my goal tonight is for us to develop a hatred for sickness and disease. Yes. There is nothing good about sickness and disease. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, you know, I went through this situation that made me closer to God. There could have been other ways for you to get closer to God. And, and listen, God didn't put it on you to get you closer to him. He gave you the Holy Ghost that would draw your heart to be closer to him. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay, we got that? In the beginning. Say it with me. In the beginning. Okay. So we're talking about in the beginning now. Let's, let's settle there in the beginning. Let me go through kind of a, a synopsis, an overview of what happened in the beginning. Are you following me? Day one, the heavens, the earth, and light and darkness created. Day two, heaven, the heavens. Day three, dry land, the seas, and vegetation. Day three, right? Let, 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 me, let me just bring it up to you again. Dry land, the seas, and vegetation. And vegetation. So vegetation is created on day three. Day four, the sun, the moon, and the stars. How could you have vegetation created with no sun and say that it took millions of years? You could wait 24 hours for the sun. Vegetation could, could stand, could, could survive 24 hours without the sun, but not millions of years. Day five, living creatures in the water, birds in the air. Day six, land animals and people. Day seven, God rested. On what day did God create disease? Come on. 
On what day did God create disease? He didn't. It's not been his intention. If it was his intention, we would see it in creation and we would see it in the garden. And the fact is, we do not see sickness and disease. We do not see poverty. We do not see oppression, depression. We don't see any of that stuff. We don't see division and strife. We don't see murder. We don't see jealousy until sin comes into the world. So stop accepting the fact, well, you know, I'm at that age now. Stop talking like that. Stop talking about the ailments that are prevalent in your family. Stop talking about the ailments that get prevalent during a specific time of the year. We're coming into the winter now. And so you'll hear a whole bunch of people say, you know what, every time this year, I usually get bronchitis. My mother said that for years. Every year? Listen, I know this might be redundant. Stop talking about your allergies. They're not your allergies. Unless you want them. Did you patent those allergies? My blood pressure. My diabetes. Go ahead. You know, you fill in because you, you, everybody's got a file. Now, listen to me. I don't want to get drastic here, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. How do you think that makes Jesus feel? When we take ownership of something that he suffered on the cross to deliver us from, you want to talk about the spirit of a traitor and the spirit of Judas? Well, I don't know if I like this. I'm getting mad at the pastor. To get, I'm trying to rile you up. I heard Andrew Womack, great minister of the Word of God, say this in his experience in his ministry. He said, when people receive a report of cancer, if they do not get angry, if they do not get mad, if they do not, they don't survive. Well, you know, my mother had it. My grandmother had it. I guess it's just going to, you know, just, this is just normal for, for my family. No. No, the enemy, the enemy will try to encroach upon even the fact that you are a born-again creation in Christ and, which, and try to get you to swallow it and try to get you to take hold of it. Why? Because he knows there's power in words, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about in the future. Because I have seen through the Word of God and through experience that it is almost impossible to receive healing unless your words line up with what the Word of God says. It's by your words that you bring into manifestation that healing. Why do you think Jesus always asks people, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus, the guy's blind. What do you think he wants you to do for you? The person's crippled. What do you think, what do you think he wants you to do? He needed to let them begin the process by speaking out. Are you listening? So we've established tonight that in none of the six days of creation is there any mention of disease, of sickness coming into this world as far as God is concerned, okay? It's obvious that God never intended for man to experience sickness, disease, or death. We understand that because he had to introduce the concept of dying to Adam. Adam had no 
no, um, he had no knowledge, he had no concept, there was nothing. When, when God spoke to Adam and told him, the day that you eat that you shall surely die, I'm almost certain that God would have had to explain to him, what does die mean? Just like, now think about this one, and I don't want to blow anybody's mind tonight, but think about this one. When Noah said to the people of his generation, you got to get in the ark because it's going to rain. Now, you and I would have went, okay. They went, rain? What's rain? Because it had never rained up until that point. The Bible tells us that water and mist came from beneath. God created the garden with an irrigation system in it. That it watered itself. There was no such thing as clouds gathering and rain forming and falling to the earth. That, that was what was so spectacular about the flood. So we're dealing with the same thing here. Death, the concept of death did not even exist until sin came in the world. Did you notice that the enemy, when the enemy whispered the lies into the ears of Eve, he never mentioned death? He'll always hit you with a temptation. He will never tell you what the consequences are going to be. So, I want to take you now to a very, very familiar portion of Scripture, familiar at least amongst our... Well, if you've been here long enough, you've heard me teach this at one point or another. But for the sake of the fact that I know we have people here tonight that have not been here before, and I know we have people here tonight that maybe you've never heard us teach on healing I need to bring this out because to me, this is one of the clearest, clearest examples of Jesus teaching the connection between sin and sickness and disease. Now, we're in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now, it happened on a certain day. As he, talking about Jesus, was teaching. What's he doing? He's teaching. That there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Man, they, got, they brought out the big guns. They want to make sure they, they, they nail Jesus, that they catch him on something that he's teaching that's wrong. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, isn't that amazing? That in the midst of his enemies, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of strife, in the midst of jealousy, in the midst of contention, the power of God, the power of God still was able to manifest Don't let, the, don't let the enemy rob you of things. Well, you know, you're not going to get anything because you're in strife. And because in the midst of strife, the power of God was still now. If you fall for it and you start getting involved in the strife and you start entertaining the thought, well, you might as well not even believe God because, you know, while, and I've heard this, well, you know, while I'm in this state here, I probably can't get my healing. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to say. So watch this now. They're all in this place. Jesus is there, he's teaching, which what happens when you teach? What is built when the word of God is taught? What comes by hearing? Faith. And the power of the Lord was present to heal him. Verse 18, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find a way, they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop, they opened up the, the, the roofing and let him down in the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. Now, this, a whole, this opens up a whole other topic here. When he, Jesus, saw their faith. Whose faith? Theirs. Theirs. Who's the there? The four men that brought their friend, right? 
It doesn't even say here that the man that's paralyzed has faith. It says he saw their faith. Let me ask you this question just as a little sideline here. Because you see, there are things that we have to say and things that we have to do sometimes that activate the healing. He saw their faith. How was their faith demonstrated? They brought their friend. It was, it was, this is a no-brainer. Jesus went, wow, these guys tried to get him in there. They couldn't get him in there. They go up on the roof. They tear off the, the thatch. And they look, man, they, they, these people really believe yes. that I am capable of doing this. Yes. So when he saw their faith, he said to him, well, this is so good. He saw their faith, and their faith triggered Jesus to say to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Yeah, well, guess who's standing in front of you? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power in order to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he'd been lying on, and departed to his own house, doing what? Glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear. Now, that's not fear, I'm afraid. That's fear of awesome respect. Saying, we have seen strange things today. What happened here? What is this all about? Because even if you and I were there that day, when Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven, we would have went, wait a minute, Jesus. This isn't confession. He didn't come here to get his sins forgiven. He didn't come here to get penance and say five Hail Marys, ten Our Fathers. He came here, they brought him here to get healed. But know this, you may have already experienced this in your life. Jesus never deals with the fruit. Jesus always deals with the root. And he knew that if he dealt with the root of sin here, then sin had to release its hand off this man. Sickness and disease would have to release it off this paralysis, would have to be released off this man because Jesus dealt with the sin. They couldn't take it. So he said to him, okay, rise up and walk. It's the same effect. Why? What did Jesus come to earth to do? To deal with sin. To deal with sin. To deal with the works of darkness. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to undo, to paralyze, to neutralize the works of the devil. He shows up on the scene. He is announcing beforehand what he's going to accomplish at the cross. Your sins are forgiven. Pick up your bed and go home. Dealt with the root. Are you catching this? Now, again, I know I'm talking a lot about this, but it's not for the purpose for us to go out of here tonight and say, well, obviously, if I'm sick, I still have sin in my life. It's to, it's to raise the awareness so that you and I will begin to separate ourselves more and more away from this, this culture of sickness 
and culture of disease. You can't watch a television program without six different uh, pharmaceutical ads on there. And depending on what time of the day is depending on whether it's, it's for, for, for geriatrics, if it's for seniors, or if it's for, for uh, younger people, they know which time of the day to put those commercials on. And then they got the nerve to tell you about 15 million side effects. They, they want you to buy the medicine. Watch it. What a slap in the face. This, what, a, what an insult to us. They want us to buy the medicine, which is sky high, and then they slap in his face. Yeah, well, when you pay us the money, this is what's going to happen to you can't breathe, your neck's going to swell, you're going to grow an extra head. How stupid are we? And we sit there going, I better get that. I better tell my doctor. And we entrench ourselves more and more. Sit around the table. Well, what are you taking now? How many, how, how many milligrams? Oh, yeah, no, I used to take that, but now my doctor put me on this other stuff. My doctor wanted me to take a specific medication. I said to him, no, I'm not taking it. I will never take that the rest of my life. What do you mean? Why? I said, because everybody knows taking that medicine blows up. And then they got to take more medicine for the fact that the weight that they gain now I triggered that thing. You think I'm going to go through this cycle the rest of my life? No. No, I trust God. I do what I got to do in the natural, sometimes. You hear what I'm talking about? We've got to separate ourselves from the culture of sickness and disease and death. You catching this tonight? It's a whole new way of thinking. Because this is how we think in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. The Bible tells us that Moses, 80 years old, then to 120 years old, it says his eyes did not dim and his strength did not fade. We're over here 50 years old. And we listen to, I go, you know, this is what's going to happen in the next five years and this is what's going to happen in the next 10 years and this is going to happen. Did I make my point tonight? Sin gave legal right for sickness to afflict mankind. When sin is forgiven, I want you to catch this now. When sin is forgiven, sickness becomes a trespasser. It is illegal, and it must be evicted. Now, these are very lofty theories and ideas. But if we're going to live in the kingdom of God, then we need to embrace the language, the thought patterns. We've got to renew our mind according to the word, not according to the world. You know, right away, we think when it talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, that when we're not supposed to be conformed to this world, well, yeah, I'm not supposed to be hanging out in bars. I'm not supposed to be uh, doing drugs. I'm not supposed to do But what about the other mindsets that are killing us? What good is it that you're not, you're not drinking alcohol and you're not taking drugs? Uh, you're not watching porn? Uh, you're not addicted to gambling. You're living real moral, but you keep talking death about yourself. Renew your mind to the word of God. It's not just reciting scriptures. It's seeing through things through the eyes of God. When I heard in my spirit before, you don't hate sickness enough, I didn't need an explanation. I knew what was, what was going on. You got it? It's a trespasser. 
It's a trespasser. Now, I know. I know many of us deal with things. We're on a planet that is still under the curse. But it's the curse of the fall, not the curse of the law. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When he returns and makes all things new, then the curse of the fall will actually be dealt with. Are you catching this? Now, many people deal with allergies and sensitivities and things, and things like that, things of this nature. <laughs> things of this nature. You can't, I, I was hoping to see if somebody caught that. Things of this nature. But Paul says our citizenship is in heaven. We are behind enemy lines here. We don't belong to this world system. We belong to the system of the kingdom of God. I don't say that in a condescending way. He's got us here because he loves this world and doesn't want anyone to perish. So somebody has to stay behind here and give this message to those who have not heard it yet. This is what's spoken about in the Bible when it says that Jesus' enemies are going to be made his footstool. By who? Not by God the Father, not by the angels, by us. It's up to us to reveal the mystery of the church that God has given us the responsibility to confront, to stop, to rebuke, to stop in its tracks anything that is contrary to the nature of God and to the kingdom of God. And so please, stop saying things like, God's using this to teach me something. That sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? Now, if you're not careful, you will, let that, you will let that serpent wiggle its way into your ego, and then you'll start thinking, well, so-and-so doesn't go through this. I guess God doesn't think she's that special. I'm special. I've been chosen to go through this, and God has granted me this cross. That is demonic. I almost said something. Baloney. That is demonic. And let me tell you something. The enemy knows you way better than you know you. He's been studying mankind for over 6,000 years. You following me? He knows how to get you to take the bait. He knows what maybe your emotions have been damaged in such a way that he knows, okay, I need to send this type of lie or I need to send that type of lie. Anything, anything, anything to get you to swallow debate. And listen to me. Don't think you're so, well, you know, I know the word. Oh, yeah? He tried it with Jesus three times to get Jesus to take debate. And he's the word made flesh. Amen? So, since sickness and disease have their roots in sin, now start considering this, God is not unmerciful to leave us without hope in this world. God knowing that we're going to have to confront things. God knowing that there's going to be bacteria that got perverted because of sin. And instead of, instead of serving the purpose that originally was created, now it turns on us. He knew that there would be viruses. He knew that there would be cells that would get rebellious and start destroying the body rather than bringing life to the body. What kind of God would he be to leave us here on this earth? Where is the mercy of God to just leave us here? Say, well, you know, you just have to put up with this and someday you're going to die. 
and then you're going to come to heaven, and that's it. Now, I want to come to heaven. You know, I want to go to heaven. I want to wake up in the morning. I want to know that day. Today's the day. I want to gather my family. I want to say goodbye to them in peace and just close my eyes and go, I'll see you later. We shouldn't need to have sickness and disease to transfer us from this realm to the realm of the spirit. Now, I'm not in a hurry to have that experience. But when it comes. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, say this with me, who is rich in mercy. Stop right there. Is that true? Yeah. Absolutely true. He's rich in what? Mercy. Mercy. And it angers me when I see people put stupid stuff on Facebook about, well, where is God because of all these babies that are dying? No, my, my question would be, where is the church? And how come somebody's not praying? And how come somebody's not going and, and laying hands like the Bible says for us to do? How come somebody's not going and cursing the diseases on, on that child? No, everybody wants to stand around the bed and cry and blame God. Where's God in all this? But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, here, here's, here's the antidote, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. My body's here. My soul is here. My spirit is still in this body because I'm still alive. But in the realm of the spirit, my spirit is represented in heaven already because he said, I'm seated there already. I want to live here based on where I'm seated. Are you listening to me? So it changes the perspective. And I said this many, many years ago. I'm not striving to become king of the hill. I already am king of the hill. And as king of the hill, what am I doing? I'm kicking things down that are trying to pull me off of that position. My battle is not to strive to get somewhere. My battle is to fight from that position to ward off anything that's trying to pull me out of that position. Are you catching that? Whole different story. Well, you know, I'm just a strive and I'm just pressing through, Pastor. I'm just trying to get there and someday I'm going to get there. No, honey, if you ain't there yet, you ain't getting there yet. You ain't getting there. You either are or you're not. You're either born again or you're not. You're either seated in heavenly places or you're not. There is no I'm getting there. I'm just a pilgrim going through life. God, give me that garbage. When you got born again, you instantaneously, instantaneously became connected with God Almighty through the Holy Spirit. You instantaneously took up position in heavenly places. That's what it says here. Now watch this now. There's a reason why we're seated in the heavenly places. Look at verse 7. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So then those of us who have experienced this incomparable riches of his grace, what are we supposed to do with it now? Just hold on to it? No, we're supposed to give it away. We're now, because Jesus Christ, you know that Jesus is not on the earth, right? 
You know that, right? He's not here. Who's here? Where does the Holy Spirit live? Who's going to do the dispensing of this incomparable grace? We should. Verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by work, so that you can boast. For we are all God's handiwork, creating Jesus, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to do. Now look at verse 11. Therefore. Therefore. What is therefore, therefore? <laughs> it's to piggyback off of what we just read. Remember. Now, if he tells us we have to remember, what does that mean that we're capable of? Forgetting. Remember that you formerly, that formerly you were, you, you who are Gentiles by birth, called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, which is done by the body, by human hands. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel. That's talking about the covenant. It's not talking about you having a citizenship that you, that you belong to Israel. It's the covenant. And far, here it is, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Without hope, without God in the world. But look at verse 13. Thank God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near. How? By the blood. By the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ. See, this scripture is here to tell us there is a perspective that we're supposed to live from. And it's not here looking up. It's from the position of right standing with the Father, looking down. His perspective. God does not look up to where it's going to come from. God is positioned. You and I are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is looking down to what's happening here. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? As long as you continue to see yourself, you're always going to be looking for something that already happened. Oh, that's good. You see, because all of the promises of God are yes and amen in, in Christ Jesus, right? So everything that God's promised you, he's already said yes to. Stop this begging. Stop this pleading. Stop this trying to make deals with God. Amen. Stop it. He's already said yes to everything he's promised you. Yes. It is not a matter of him releasing something. He has already released it. Yes. It is a matter of you positioning yourself now to receive it. Amen. We talked about this last week, I think, and the week before. Positioning myself. Now, if I'm positioning myself, then I better, I better get a grip on what is going on in my life? Is there possibly something that is pulling me out of position? How about unforgiveness? And when you stand praying, forgive, Jesus said. Almost every time that I can think of, if, if, if I'm wrong, somebody come and tell me. Almost every time that I could think of Jesus teaching on prayer, he always connected it to forgiveness. And forgive us this day as we forgive those who against us. So that's one way you can get out of position. Unforgiveness. It's not that God's withholding it. God's like, here it is, here it is. 
but you're, you're not there where you can receive it. You're over here. You're stuck in a grudge. You're stuck in bitterness. You're stuck in unforgiveness. You're stuck on what somebody did to you. You, you think you're such a hot shot that you're the only one that's ever getting hurt. And everybody's against you and the whole world is against you. And uh, nobody, lo nobody loves me. Uh, everybody hates me. I'm going to eat a worm. <laughs> so you pull yourself out of that position. Just like a person. If you believe in God for your finances, if you believe in God for, for increase to come into your household so you could maybe pay off some bills and maybe help some people that you want, you can't afford to be jealous of other people. Because while you're, while, you're, while you're seething in your jealousy, the person that you're jealous of is enjoying their blessings. And all you're complaining about is, well, I don't like God bless them. Because they're faithful. Because they're obedient. Because they're actually walking in the principles that God said. If you walk in these principles, I'll bless you. What are you walking in? I just, I don't think it's fair. No, not fair. Stay where you're at. So God is rich in mercy, which is the answer to us being without God, without hope in this world. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Oh, we don't like to hear this stuff. Because we feel we're so entitled. I'm a child of God. Well, start acting like one. Start conducting yourself like one. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And I think a lot of times people are praying for grace and they should be praying for mercy. Praying for mercy. It's the reality of life. The reality of life is this. We deserve sickness and disease and death because of our old nature. But verse 1 in Ephesians said, but because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were still dead in our transgressions. God saved us. The word saved means much more than just forgiveness of sins. It means much more than just not going to hell. It means much more that you're going to go to heaven. Salvation, being saved, means it should affect spirit, soul, and body. It includes healing. It includes prosperity. It includes deliverance from all demonic activity, anything from the enemy. In, in, in the Greek language, if you have to bring a whole bunch of things together to really understand this. Physical safety, cure or healing from illness, and rescue from danger is all included in the word salvation in the New Testament in the original language. We're content with just not going to hell. But some of us are experiencing hell here on the earth. And we're not supposed to. Let me wrap this up because I've only got a few seconds left here. But let me wrap this up tonight. We're going to finish up. Are you going to come next week for the rest of this part? Okay. You better bring somebody. Now, listen to me. I'm telling you for a reason. If you don't bring somebody and get them trained and get them learning in this, then you're going to have to put up with them when they get sick. <laughs> We've got to develop a mindset that we think like God. We, we act like Jesus. And we have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
He came to this earth to lift us, lift us up out of and set our feet on a, upon a solid rock. Are you listening to me? And, and please, if, if you're not experiencing this, please don't get into guilt and condemnation. That's not going to help you. Start asking the Lord, Father, where, what, what doors have I opened? What windows have I left open? What opportunity have I allowed the enemy to come in? Now, that could be natural things. You know, we live in an age right now where we have a lot more information and knowledge about nutrition. We can't, if we know that something is not good for us to eat, especially for the fact that it is not the same food that God created in the original creation, then we should be smart enough to know, I really can't. You see what I'm saying? Now, now you don't put all your faith in that. Because all of us know people that were the healthiest thing, and they dropped dead Thanks jogging. for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted okay, so you, up by God's You can't God's put word. all your faith in If this in message helped you and today, it's not a please consider supporting it's New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon. And out of my spirit come, Father, give them the wisdom to know what do they need to stop in their life? What do they need to, what activity do they need to cease? What should they be doing? Is, are there supplements that you place into this earth that they need in their bodies? Okay, because sometimes with some people, it's faith released in, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start taking these supplements because I know the food that we have today is diminished. Okay, those are all good things, but you can't place your faith 100% in those things. But if you know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, then you need to, you need to be obedient because again, remember this, and again, I, I, I promised I was going to stop it. Just let me give you this one thing. I was reminded of this today when I was thinking about this teaching. Remember this, and I've taught this in the past. I probably need to teach it again. When we pray, we don't receive answers. We receive instruction. You, you didn't get it. When you and I pray, we don't wave a magic wand and bam, there it is. We receive instruction, how are we going to bring that thing that we need that now exists in the realm of the Spirit, how are we going to get it from the realm of the Spirit to here? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. I remember many years ago, we had to take a trip uh, out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I don't remember what the circumstance was, but I could not for the life of me figure out how am I going to arrange all these things? How is this going to work out? And, and I, th this went on for hours. And then all of a sudden, I wanted to smack myself in the face and say, what an idiot. you got the spirit of wisdom living on the inside of you. I stopped the concern, the worry, the figuring on the paper, and I began to pray in the spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. And within five minutes, bam, the whole plan just boom. Why don't we do that when it comes to, Father, I don't know what these symptoms are, but I'm feeling this or feeling that, or, or I'm seeing this in my body, or this is... Why, why do we not stop and say, Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of wisdom. You know everything. What's going on? What do I need to be alert to? And sometimes, oddly enough, God bless you, sometimes the Holy Spirit would say, you need to go get a checkup. Why? Because most of us Christians, you know what happens to us? You know why some Christians die prematurely? Because you're too afraid to go to the doctors to let them tell you what's going on. So now you know what to believe for. You want to ignore it. Well, I'm just going to trust. No, you're not trusting God. You're, you're in fear. Oh, this is for somebody here. 
you're in fear. You're afraid of what they're going to tell you, so you figure if you don't know it, it's not going to bother anything. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He, and he knows where you're at, and he knows where your faith level is. And it's not a disgrace to go to the doctor and, and let them help you. Dear God Almighty, if it wasn't for doctors, most Christians would be in the ground a long time ago. Not a disgrace. But by the same token, the doctor is not God. So, so basically, it's this. You're going to have to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to get, you're going to, have to, get to know his voice because he loves you. Remember, he's the Spirit of God, and God is love. And he wants the best for you, and he will direct you, and he will guide you, and he will bring you to and show you, no, you need to start taking this, or you need to stop eating that. All these, I don't like when he says you need to stop eating that. <laughs> I would rather him say, I'm going to deliver you from anything that has to do with that. But that doesn't work all the time. So listen, we're leaving here tonight, understanding that sickness and disease, the root of it is sin. Sin allowed it to come into this world. It's not supposed to be part of the human experience. We should hate sickness and disease as much as we would hate the devil if he appeared right in front of you. Don't tolerate it. Get angry over it. Don't get disgusted and don't get miserable and don't get frustrated, but recognize you, that sickness is an enemy. It is not a friend. It is not here to teach you anything. It is not here to draw you closer to God. It is here with the purpose of making you experience the hell that you've been delivered from on this earth. Amen. Amen? God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.